Are you bound? Amen. We're going to a different place. Let's just sing that song before we go to prayer. Many things about tomorrow. I don't know who holds tomorrow. I don't know who holds today, but I know that he holds my hand. He's walk, we're walking through it. Amen. Many, I don't know about tomorrow. I just
requests tonight, but if you have a need, just let it be known by an uplifted hand. Just had a little testimony that was on my heart. Um, I hope you forgive me for saying it. But um, there was a brother, he came up to me after camp, and he wasn't at camp. And he said that the same Spirit of God that was with us at camp was with him. And he said that um, we had prayed for his passport, that he would be able to get a passport and to be at camp. But he had to work. So as he goes away to work, he ended up ending his work day just at the end, just before uh, the services would start. And as he came into his little room, he said he just tucked himself away to his room at night. And he said he pulled up a chair beside the little screen that he had there. And he said, Lord, this chair is for you. He said, this chair is for me. We're going to watch this service together. And I know I won't, I'm not able to be there. But he said, you're going to be watching this with me. So I know that your presence is here. So I pray that tonight, if you lift up your hands, if you ask the Lord, Lord, I don't know what my day's been like. But here, this chair is for you. This little seat beside me is for you. Amen. And I'm sure that he'll come and he'll meet every need. Brother Tom, if you could open the service in a word of prayer. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, what a tremendous thought. Or just remembering our pastor one day, young man, set a chair aside. Put his wallet, put his watch on that chair, said it's all yours, Lord. And now, Lord, a few years down the road, another young man puts a chair saying, Lord, would you come near my way? We call it a Wednesday night service, Lord, but every time you come, it's special. And so, Father God, I pray that their hearts of your children would be opened for the moving of the Holy Spirit. Lord, whatever you've laid on Brother Murphy's heart tonight, Lord, we know it will be indeed what we need. One will hear something, another will hear something else. But that's how the Holy Spirit breaks the bread of life. So, Lord, would you break your word upon your people, Lord? We see the world crumbling around us. Society is in an uproar. Lord, people are wondering what lays ahead. But, Lord, we're looking up knowing our redemption draweth nigh. So, Father, I just pray, God, that your grace will be upon us, meeting every need that's here. And those that are joined with us on the Internet, may the Holy Spirit just move sovereignly, especially into their little room beside their little chair and minister deeply to our souls. Father, it's not how loud we pray or how exuberant we are. It's just fact that, Lord, your word has declared it's by faith. Lord, so our faith reaches out to thee, O Lamb of Calvary. Meet our needs, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. seats when he reached down his hand for me I don't know if it's been mentioned but we do have some special guests among us we want to welcome Caleb and Susanna back from Europe it's been good to have you home if you're not visitors here so it's good to have you home and little Kaylin they're probably in the back we want to welcome uh, Donna and Brian and Rhoda, these are uh, Sister Sarah's family, Sister Sarah Adamora's family, welcome you to the service, welcome you. 
My sister-in-law Priscilla is also here visiting. We want to welcome her. Amen. May you be not strangers here, but may you be find a welcoming spirit. Once my soul was astray from the heavenly and was wretched Singing uh, 
In Jesus' name we press on. When the valley is deep, when the mountain is steep, when the
as we invite Brother Murphy to come. Maybe we could sing that song that Brother Tim sang on Sunday. He knew me, yet he loved me. It's a special service on Sunday. The infinite God. Trust you all were blessed by it. It's been resonating in my heart all week. Thank you, Brother Tim, again for that. In this song, he knew me, yet he loved me. He whose glory makes the heaven shine. As we sing these songs, maybe we can just just let them resound in our hearts. Let's not just sing, sing them as words, but let them let us sing it as a prayer. Let us sing it as, as something worth being sung to him. Amen? He knew me. Yet he Red. Though his eyes were 
saying, come to my soul, precious Jesus, my Lord. This Brother Murphy comes, bring the word. Are you ready for the word? Ready for a special service? Hope you put your order in. I put my order in. Because he's, he's, he's able, he's able to meet that need. Amen. Come, come to my soul, precious Jesus, my Lord. Hear so easy to do that because there's only one place in our heart and that place is prepared for you Lord Lord you have taken that priority in our hearts you have taken the full space that in our heart there's nothing else that we left for anything else but Lord only leave that spot for you Lord so Father we just ask you coming down and again as I know that you're already here Lord may you fellowship with us Lord, today in the words that you have brought it to us, may you reveal yourself to us. Lord, a man can open up the Bible, but Lord, only you can open up yourself because this whole Bible is talking about you. The whole word is to talk about the Lord Jesus Christ that we have loved so much. Lord, may you reveal yourself to each one. You are still the discerner of the heart, knows every situation. Lord, only you can meet at every situation. So, Lord, we ask you, let your Holy Spirit search each heart. Lord, go into each situation, Lord. When we come to here to worship you, when we come to lay our side at this uh, little, um, but an hour of a time, Lord, may you come in a special way. Lord, speak to our heart so that after we left this place, we can say, when he's talked to us, is that our heart was burned inside. Father, we thank you, Lord. Ask you to take this little time and to speak to your children. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I just want to invite you open up the Bible. Let's try, turn to a book of Genesis. And it's so good to be uh, back to the house of God. 
And so um, uh, we have a wonderful, wonderful services uh, during the camp time. Uh, I told the brother Wynn, I said, I've never been so tired in my whole life. Uh, after you're done, I don't know who preached. And so I think it's, uh, after uh, the whole service, uh, I, I feel more worn out, uh, probably even than a preacher. I think we're just pulling on the word very hard. Uh, you know, the, the pride of Jesus Christ today is just to love the word. Whenever the word come in uh, such a way, and uh, we just enjoy it. And we just want to squeeze everything uh, out of the, the, the preacher. And so... Um, and of course, we have a wonderful, wonderful service on Sunday. I was just uh, so marveled uh, of the word that that's, uh, God has used for the team to uh, brought it to us. I hope you had a little more appetite. And uh, I can't say I got more icing on the cake because I don't like cake. I'll just say that we should do some Chinese cooking tonight. Let's go to a book of Genesis, chapter 14. Uh, let's read from uh, verse 18. Book of Genesis, chapter 14, and verse 18. And the Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth the bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thy enemy into thy hand, and he gave him a tithe of all. May the Lord bless us this word, or you may be seated. Well, glad to see uh, Sister Antusi uh, back. Uh, I hope you uh, trust you have a good trip uh, uh, there. Uh, I would like to uh, speak at a title, I'm Possessor of All Things. Possessor of All Things. You know, we're living in an age that the people have a lot of a confession. I'm not talking about the real Christian. The real Christian, they have the real confession. But not very many people is a real possessor of what they confessed. But God gave the bride of Jesus Christ that they're not only confessing, but it's because they're the possessor. Thus, we confess. We possess something that is real. Possess something that the Lord has given us in this age, has been vindicated to us. And so that when we possess something that is a reality, we possess the thing that's with the power in it. So we possess the things that as the brother Wynn has been speaking in the service, there is authority that is in the word of God. But it takes us to recognize it. Because if you don't recognize it, though you possess something, but you still, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's just like, um, I think that I heard that at one time, it talked about a history. Uh, that's in uh, South America, they used to have, um, I forgot, it says Mayan or, or, or Aztec, I forgot what is the people uh, that they are. Uh, but they end up the host, uh, they, are, they have the civilization, uh, they own a lot, a lot of um, gold and silver and uh, anything, uh, all this uh, precious thing. But to them, it was just something that was very common. Until the, the Spaniards that came in over, when they saw that uh, such a gold in such a volume, that they never saw such a, but they, they recognized the value of it. And when they recognized the value of it, of course, we know what happens. And they conquered the lands and killed the people. And it was such a brutal uh, history that, that uh, left uh, to the people in South America. But it's to take the, the people who really know what they really have and to make the value of it. And when they recognize it, then they, make it make, uh, they can make it a full use of it. 
And so when God gave us something, He required us to recognize what we have in our hands. You know, I, I, I think that for the believer, I find out that there is a great danger that in the, amongst the believer, that when we're having so much, or sometimes we feel even having too much, and uh, it becomes a lesser value. It just becomes so common to us. It's not like we are, uh, we try to, uh, just ignore it and just don't want to have nothing to do with it. We want to, but you have to understand that the deceiver, the Satan of this age is, is very deceiving. He can make you, uh, you can have something that was so valuable that is in you. You can possess the greatest weapon that God has to put in your hand, but without recognizing it, without don't know how to uh, using it. And we know, uh, there's a, let me just mention uh, several things about it. Worship is a, such a great weapon that is in us. And uh, you know, I've never been uh, so enjoyed when Brother Wynn was uh, speaking about uh, the worship. It's so struck chord with me. Is that you don't have to be perfect to worship. You know, I, I think that we all know that, but you just when the, when the minister bring in a, such a reality way and the Lord, uh, just uh, anointed that, it just struck chord in me. You don't, uh, worship is a sacrifice. It's a something that you presented uh, to the Lord. It's not a look at it, you know, do I do this? Do I uh, do that? Am I, uh, am I qualified to do? Every bride of Jesus Christ, you're the only one that know how to worship the, the Lord. And it doesn't, it's not to look at the, uh, what you are, the, what you, uh, you know, I, I might qualify it. I might, you know, I have done this wrong. I have done that wrong. If you've done anything wrong, just repent it. I think the brother Wynn was saying, they said to the David is the, the man that after God's own heart, because whenever he made a mistake, he always quickly repented. And that doesn't, then nothing hinders him to worship of a God. And so, um, uh, there's many things that in the message that the Lord had given it to us, if we can recognize and we can use it as a great weapon, it can conquer Satan, it can meet our need, it can deal with the situation that we're in. It all takes that to recognize who you are and what you have possessed. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you possess, you can never make a full use of what God has given to you. And uh, Brother Branham said in 1962, in uh, possessing all things. He said, and now we find in the great story that Abraham of the road back, coming back after the victory was over, he met the possessor of heaven and earth, Melchizedek, which is the king of Jerusalem, king of Salem, which was Jerusalem, which is the king of peace, which is the king of righteousness. So Abraham, he won for battle. And try to bring his uh, uh, lost uh, brother back. And Brother Bama said that uh, any battle is the real battle. It has to fight for the principle. It, have, it must be fight for the right objective and the right motive. It must be not have a selfish motive in that. It's not just a, a battle for uh, money. It's for saving the brother. And that is uh, you fighting for the principle. And when you know what you are fighting for, and your motive and your objective this is right, you can stand in there fearless because you know who is behind you. So when Abraham is go to fighting, he's fighting not for money, not for more cattle. He's fighting for his brother. Try to bring his, his brother back. And when he brought his, his brother back, he met the possessor of heaven and earth, that is Melchizedek. And if you read it, who is it, Melchizedek? 
And we know that the prophet said that the Melchizedek is God himself. is Jesus Christ, but he's in the theophany form. And after Melchizedek left, you never see Melchizedek again. Because Melchizedek has won into the flesh. It become flesh. But only in this age that one of the prophet is the preacher who is this Melchizedek. And that we know that God himself is coming into the flesh again. And it's to talk to us, to speak to us. And that's all that the type is talking about to the bride of Jesus Christ that in this hour. And then Brother Bramah said he met the possessor. The one who owned all things met him on the road back. So the Melchizedek, he's the possessor of heaven and the earth. That means that everything, that no matter what it is, he owns all of them. But Melchizedek, when he met him, he's not only just keeping everything to himself, he wanted to give something to Abraham. At that time, he's called Abraham. So we, we saw the Lord that let us see this is the possessor of all things, that he met Abraham. And I'll see, uh, I can safely say, the Melchizedek, that in this age, that God himself also met us on our way back home. And the brother Branham said he uh, served in a communion to uh, Abraham. And before, uh, before he uh, on, on the way back home. And he also brought it so beautifully that Melchizedek, that it brought, uh, that brought a communion to Abraham when he on the way back home. And God gave us a little communion before we went back home. And actually until we went back home, we're going to eat the new wine and the new uh, food of the wisdom. But that's also a spiritual type that what is a God to give us on our journey back home. We met the Melchizedek and he will serve us bride and wine. And God used it the prophet has vindicated the truth to telling us the possessor of heaven and the earth now is right among us or raising us. Brother Bram said, I like this. Abraham was heir to all by the promise. So he could lay claim to everything that was in the land. And that in the land itself, Abraham has been given the promise. And he said, in possessing all things, he said, but you have to fight to possess what you know is your own. You have to fight to possess it. And that's what we have to do now. When God said, I give it to you, you must fight for it. It's not just waiting there until the things are said, put it in your hands. This is, it belongs to you, but you must fight for it. Amen. And in possessing all things, he said, yes, Satan, you got it. Uh, he said that the promise is yours. But if you ever get it, you ain't going to get it easy. I'm going to tell you that. You're going to have to take it away from Satan. Satan captures your health. You got a right to go to Satan and say, give it in the back. So remember, health is not something you're reaching far-fetched. Health is your right. To have a healthy body, that is the right of the Lord to give it to you. To have your children with you, that's your right that the Lord has given it to you. It's not something that we try to confess, we try to get it up out of strength. Try to say, oh this is mine. This is... You don't have to argue with the Satan. There's no argument in that at all. Because the one, this is your right, when you know this is my right, nobody can argue that. And it's Satan knows exactly what you have. 
But he tried to deceive you to let you know that's not belongs to you. But when you know what you have, that he know that what you have, and he know his illegal squatter that on your property, there's nothing gonna stop you to drive him out of your land because that belongs to you. And you got a right to go to Satan and say, give it back, hand it over. I come in the name of the Lord, that are the possessor of heaven and earth, and I am his heir. It's not that I grab it, but I am his heir. It's something that is a given to you. It's something that you inherited. He said, give it back, you took my child. You got your mix it up, you got her mix it up with the wrong boy. You took my boy and mix it up with the wrong girl. I claim them. Why? Because that's your right. And that's your inheritance. That is your heir. You are heir. You are a legal heir of your children. You're a legal heir of your health. You're a legal heir, brother EBA, of your sight to be clear, to the vision come back. That is your right. That is not something that is a far-fetched. You try to go there to grab it. That is a God-given right to you. He said, I claim them. That's right. I claim my children. I claim my brother. I claim my, br- my sister. When we're in a prayer meeting, then when we pray for sister, sister law, a sister Avila, Lord, over the grand, a grandchild at Ezekiel, that is her right. I'm glad that God have some woman that though maybe not knowing very much, maybe not knowing, not very educated in the person, but she said to her son that if you don't believe, but I believe it. What does that mean? That means that that's my right. That's my inheritance that God gave it to me. You try to forfeit it, but I'm grabbing it because that belongs to me. He said, yes, Satan, you've took them from God's house. Coaxed them out there. But I'm coming after them. I claim them. And Brother Bramman said, well, how do you know? Then he said, because I'm an heir of all things. God doesn't specifically give you, said, this is what you heir. This is what you inherit. He had to put in the one bucket, just concluding in one simple verse. He said, I, you are heir of all things. That means everything is all belongs to you. And in the Melchizedek, the Bible said he is the possessor of heaven and earth. That means that Melchizedek, he can possess all the universe. We're talking about the universe. How great is that universe? We cannot, we're talking about the, the horrible, uh, hobble that are going to the, the deepest of the universe and try to find out all the stars and, and everything. And still there was a zillion, a gazillion years to go that they couldn't find it. But Melchizedek is the possessor of heaven and earth. Everything. The greatest of the galaxy, he's a possessor of it. And all the universe, all the black hole, he's a possessor of it. And the earth, and it's just only small thing, and it's still possessed. As Brother Tim was a preacher, he's the infinite to God. The great thing, he possesses. The small things, he possesses. The micro things, he possesses. 
that he possesses everything because he's a Melchizedek. He's a possessor of a heaven and earth. And he's not keeping that himself. He said, you are the possessor of heaven and earth too. If he's the possessor of the universe, you are the possessor of the universe. You possess the sun. You possess the Plato. You possess all the black holes. You possess the Hubble. Even cannot see. Even unseen room. He said, you are the possessor of it. And I'll, after this, I'll give you a quote for that. But if Melchizedek is the possessor of heaven and earth. And we're so peanut butter minded. Just thinking about a little minor things. And I try to fighting for it. I try to, oh, Lord, just give me a faith. You got enough faith to possess everything God has given it to you. All you need is just your eye to open up. Brother said, I am an heir of all things. Amen. It's given to me. Can you think about that? The earth is given to you. Heaven is given to you. The reason is because you are a legal heir. He never check how good you are. He never check if you ever get yourself enough faith or not. He said, I've given this to you. Why? Because you are part of Him. Son always heir, father's inheritance. It's given to me, I am an heir. I can claim everything that God promised me. There you are, it's mine. How do you get it? Something you done? No, sir. It's an unmerited gift that God give us and it's ours. It belongs to us. Do you know you can never be, you can never be holy enough for you to get your healing? You can never be holy enough to get your children back. You can never be holy enough to put your foot on the golden straight. You can never be holy enough. But you are the son and daughter of a God. He gave that to you. You're the legal heir out of it. Brother Brandon said, if you was the biggest drunkard in the world, and your father left you a million dollars, whether you are worthy or not, his heir, you are the heir of your father's inheritance. Whatever he left to you is yours, whether you are worthy or not. He left it to you. Amen. Brother said, I was a sinner, but I'm an heir. I was no good, not it, but still, I'm an heir. I should die and go to hell, but I'm an heir. I'm an heir of what? Eternal life. That includes everything. You are the possessor of the heaven and earth. Everything God promised is all belongs to you. How do you know you're going to get it? It's that I failed it. The Holy Spirit brought it. Jesus arose from the dead so they could come. And now it has come and it bear record and vindicated just exactly what it said it would do. I pass from the death unto life. I become a new creature in Christ Jesus. Then, him, then I am an heir. Yes, sir. Now I'm on my march. If you're a new creature, then all things become anew. 
You know what a new creature means? That means that you're a new, you're a new species. Is that a word species or spicy? Species? I'm sorry. Species? Sorry, you got to forgive me. I think it's a species, right? Yeah. That means that you're, you're, that means that you're a new species. Not spicy. Now I, 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 I got my mind back. You're a new species. You know what is the new species means? The new species, they have, they have to fulfill, in order to be a new species, you have to fulfill a certain category. And the, the, the scientist said that a new species must be genetically distinct. Uh, uh, that was a different instinct or distinct. It must be the, the genetically has a distinction in there. Though maybe on the outside, the species might look very much alike. But inside structure, the DNA code must be distinct. And when the inside of the genetic structure is distinct, then also have to fulfill another character that it cannot be mixed and interbred with the old one. And if they interbred with the old one, then they cannot reproduce themselves. When I saw that, I said, yes, Lord, we are a new species. Because in the outside, we're still the same, just like anybody else. But inside, the genetic structure has all changed. My nature changed. My desire changed. The things I love to change. All the DNA code and inside of me become distinct from an old one. And I cannot interpret with the old denomination anymore. Brother Abraham said that the Christ, the mystery of God, all those seeds are trying to come in, but it will never take hold. Why? Because you are a new species. You are a new creature in the Lord Jesus Christ. All those seeds are trying to come in, but when a womb saw the seed come in, and it will quickly shut up in itself, so that no seed, no word, no doctrine of the denomination can come in and take a hold. The reason is you are a new creature. When you're a new creature, all things become new. But Brahma said, you're not just a, just the old thing, patching it up. But you are a new creature. That was a totally new species. No on the outside, it looks like just anyone else. But inside of the inside, there is a new man that's living in that. So you are the heir of that. When you born again, you're the new creature. You're the heir of a, you're a possessor of all things. You're heir of everything that God gave it to you. It's not what you heir, uh, it's not a what you, uh, it's not because you're worthy, so you become an heir. But it's a, because you are heir, then because you are heir, it made you worthy. When you heir something, it's not going to let you just keep in your state. When you are heir, so you are becoming an heir of the all things. It's not going to let you just become a drunkard. Just keep that as a drunkard. It's not you possess something, then you become an heir. But because you are heir, so that heir make you become a worthy. 
when you become an heir, possess what God had promised to you, then God will change you. Abraham said in the Hebrew series, he said that God takes the man and makes them different. Not man taking God and become different. Let me say that again. God takes a man and makes them different. He makes them different. He takes them first. He chooses them first. He takes them into this as a word and started washing them. He makes them different. Not trying to me, I try to taking God and Lord and let me become different. It's not on my part, it's not on your part, but it's on God's part. He take you and make you different. He said, you are the heir, possess it of all things. He gave you everything. Though you are unworthy, but because you are heir, He give you everything. Then when you possess it, everything, then you become a worthy. He started changing you. He started washing you. He started making you different. So that you can be a qualified heir. God takes a man and it makes him different. It's not what you do, what you will, what you think. It's what God does. In a oneness, brother Santa, we know we make mistakes. But you mustn't look at that. It's not your mistakes because you're always going to have them. But you see, it is a following his rules, following what he said do. Stumble and falling doesn't have a one thing to do with it. A real true servant, if he will stumble, he will get up again. This is not only just talking about a preacher, this is talking to everyone. It's that a real true servant, because you are the servant of God. And if he will stumble, he will get up again. If he wobble, God pulls him right back in the path, as long as he is in the path of duty. Is I try to find excuse for you, said you can just go saying that. If you have the that in your heart, you never started in the first place. But when the sinner, when a person, the believer who made a mistake, it a wobble or stumble, and they quickly repent, they come back right away. When as soon as the God revealed that to them, and brother said, if you're walking in the light, having fellowship with God, with His people, and the Holy Spirit is upon you. And you meet an obstacle right into the path of duty. You must be in the path of duty. As I said, this is your right. This is not something. Battle is always a fight for the just cause. And when you have the just cause to fight into the battle, to claim what is the rightful that belongs to you, you are in the path of duty. Because God ordained you, put you in there. And that is your God-given right. You bring it to the back. It's not some of the, uh, like uh, the war that in this uh, earth that happened. Their war against it has a facade in front of them. And the church, oh, that's war for democracy. There's no war for democracy. It's not something that, it's just the devil that in the behind the government and try to make all these uh, excuses. They try to find oil. They try to find the gas. They try to find the gold. They try to, in the name of God, even try to kill those Aboriginal people that in the South America and in the North America. That's all done that evil because this world is the evil. But we are not. We're doing that for the right thing because God gave you that right. 
Your children is your wife, your sickness, your healing, your health, and everything that rightfully belongs to you. That's the war we fight for the just cause. So you're in the path of duty. And you meet an obstacle right in the path of duty. Don't stop. Just keep pressing on. God will make a way through it. How he make a way? When you're pressing on. When you're walking in it. You said, I don't see the end of the tunnel. I don't see the light is there. But pressing on. It's, it's so dark. You never go by your feeling. You never go by what you see. Even you can't see. But you're pressing on. This is what God gave it to me. That's my God given right. Because that's, then you're in the path of duty. He said, God will make a way through it. That's one of the greatest experiences of my life. Is to see God. When I can't get over it. Can't get under it. Get around it. Or anyway, God opens up a way. And I go through it. Somehow or another, His grace is sufficient to carry us through it. It's not your ability. It's not your, it's not, I'm worthy, it's not your worthiness, but it's a grace, it's sufficient to carry you through it. It's not saying that we claim that we can do it, but we're relying on His grace. We're relying on the bloody sacrifice that He gave it to us. Whether you claim your healing, you're not, you get, try to get out by your strength, you are heir to it. Sister Bar, you are heir to your health. That demon is to try to bother you. That demon is to try to bother you. But you are heir to it. When you are heir to it. It's not your words in this. It's not your size of your faith. It's not your strength of your faith. But it's a sufficient grace. God gave it to you. said you are heir to that. And then in the possessing all things. He said, what did he have to do first? Abraham, in order to do this. He had to lay his faith upon the solid rock foundation of a God's promised word. But Abraham said, if you just depend on your feeling, the devil will beat you around the stump, just all around. But if you depend on everything on what God's word has said, he can't beat you. Because he then, he know, you know what you're standing on. He said, how are you going to fight them when you get there? He talked about Abraham. Abraham is not a fighter. He's not a soldier. He's a farmer. And to be honest, he's a poor farmer. Because he, he, he chooses a place that he's not even a can farm on. Lot is a very smart farmer or cattle raiser. And he chooses the, uh, the, the land in Sodom. And the, uh, just pasture, just like in the Garden of Eden. But Abraham said, whatever you go, you go. He said, just don't bother me. If you want to just go for, go to the Sodom or just have your own, just go to the world, you go. But me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, that's not up to me. And Abraham, he, he's not even a, he's not even a soldier. Don't know how to fight. He has no idea what is the warfare going to be. 
And Brother Bram said, that's not up to me. It's up to me to lay my faith on what God has said. It's mine. I'm going after what belongs to me. You have your brothers that you go after because that belongs to you. All the people that are on the prayer list, they're our brothers. They're, they're your children. They belong to us. You are heir of them. They are your inheritance. Your children, your family, your loved ones, that is your inheritance. That's why we never give it up. That's why we don't even turn loose. That's, that's why we don't even light off. We keep pressing on. We keep pursuing. Why? Because that's our inheritance. Is that how much word I said? But my action shows they're my inheritance. Because if they're not my inheritance, if I'm not an heir of it, I'm giving it up. But because they belong to me, that's why I need to pursue it. So Abraham said, it's not up to me. He said, I'm going after it because it belongs to me. When people that are sick can see that, the sickness is right about over with right then. That's exactly right. When people, the sick people, when they saw that, that belongs to me. There's something belongs to you. When it says you have your name on it, you put it out on, Brother Ebay. The vision has my name on it. Sister Barbara, then the the house has my name on it. And when you saw that, is that your name on it? You said that belongs to me. And let me see this. Rapture has my name on it. The Golden Street has my name on it. Is that not a Hollywood street has a celebrity? My name is a put it on there. Because before the foundation of the world, God has to put my name on there. He says, so he know it all belonged to him. And that was the promise. Yet he had never had to fight in an army. He didn't know nothing about it. He wasn't a trained man to fight. Abraham wasn't a fighter. He was a farmer. And Abraham could not do anything because he wasn't a soldier. His man wasn't a soldier. They were farmers. So the only thing he could do was just take God's promise. Put his face upon the promise and move out. Go after it. Then when Abraham sinned that and got that promise and find out that God vindicated to him that he does keep his promise. If you've never received the Holy Ghost as yet, don't know nothing about it. And there's something in your heart telling you that you want it. You stay right there. Stay where? Not just stay at an altar. Not just stay at a certain place. You stay where God tug you. You stay where God put a desire inside of you. And uh, not rest on day and night until you got it. If you, if God is talking to you in your heart, you should be the, the most privileged, happiest of the people that in the world. Because God knocking on the purpose, person's door is because you are son and daughter of God. That's why He's doing that. He so said, that's eternal life. That's what you heir to. Stay right there and look Satan right in the face and say, you are the robber. 
You are the one. I've come to possess what Jesus Christ died for me to have. Not handed it back. Now, handed it back. Get out of my way. Then the first thing you know, the Holy Ghost will pour upon you. Then something happens. Something will happen. What is it? God vindicated. He keep his word. Are you thinking about today in the book of Joshua? And one of Joshua, one of the fighting with the Amorites. And the Bible said it came to pass. And they fled from before Israel. And we're going down to Bethlehem. That the Lord cast down great stones from heaven and upon them unto Azka. And they died. And there were more, there were more which died with the hailstone than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. What God is doing, God is fighting the battle. The reason is because they're on the path of a duty. They're doing the thing that the Lord has commanded Israelites to do. So when Joshua saw that he has routed the enemy, but the sun is going to get down. If the sun is going down, it's getting dark, that it won't be able to defeat the enemy. So then Joshua doesn't give it another thought. He doesn't have to have a prayer meeting. He doesn't have to go to the Google it. Said, what does Google say that about what will be the scientific way to uh, get a son to uh, stop there? He just say it. Why? Because he's on the path of a duty. He then spoke Joshua to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. And he said in the sight of Israel, he doesn't say that privately. He doesn't just hide it in the room and try to make a little prayer and come out to save the son has to stop or not. He said that right in front of all the Israelites. He said, the sun stand now still upon Gibeon. And that moon in the valley of Ajalon. Why he can see that? Because he's in the path of duty. He's in the path of a duty to believe the word of God. To make it the word of God come to pass. He's not saying something just for anything else, for the selfish motive. He has one motive. I'm on the path of a duty to do the work of the Lord, and that I must do this. And when he's in the path of a duty, he doesn't have to think about it. Because he's the possessor of all things. Just saying that you are the heir of all things. That's your path of a duty. That's what God gave it to you. And when Joshua saw that, he doesn't have to get a scientific explanation how to do that. He just says, son, stand still. He doesn't have to know all the scientific behind it. He just say, he just needs to say it. When he said, God going to work. When he said, when he was a passive duty, let's remember this. There's some precondition over here. When he said the thing, first he recognized that this is the day. This is the day the Bible said the Lord delivered up the Amorites in the, in the hand of the children of Israel. That is his day. This day, this scripture must be fulfilling. He realized that this is my day. I must have defeated an enemy. And also Lord has fought the battle. It's not he fought the battle. It's the Lord that descended and down, cast down the hailstone and to kill more people. Then the children of Israel with their sword killed. 
So when he recognized that this is not my battle, but this is the Lord's battle. He recognized it today. He know that this is the day for him to have a victory. And you know this is the day for the price to be perfect. And you know this is the time for the rapture to happen. And you know this is the day God is going to have a spot as the bride. And you know this is the day the headstone is coming down to be united with the body of Jesus Christ. Every scripture is fulfilling in this hour. We are living right in that day. And then when he's in the path of duty, he doesn't have to ask. He just say, sun stand still. And moon standing in the valley of Ajalon. He doesn't care. He just said, this is the word. This is, the, this is my time to win the victory. And God hear his voice. It's not that he tried to push it to God to try to understand Try to figure it out. So what is the word said about that? You know, how should I? This never happened before. But he knows he's in the path of duty. Do you know that we're in the path of duty to go to the rapture? We're in the path of duty to have the body change. We're in the path of the duty to go into the new Jerusalem that the Lord prepared for us. Everything needs to come to the conclusion in the last hour. And we're right in there. Do you realize that you are the one that's fulfilled the scripture? Do you know you're the one that's the last one to fulfill the law of the scripture that pretending to this last age? No other people can do it. You are the only one. Everything is mature to that point. And when he saw that, he just, he just responsible to speak the word. And God is responsible. Then God become a busy. God become a busy to make the sun stand still. There's a whole chain of effect as it happened. God has to make sure the sun stands still. The flood doesn't flood it over. The moon is there. And the earth is still. And it turn around. All those scientific things. I don't care. The word says so. God says so. I believe it. Then I will put God to work. How to that EBS eye to see? I don't know. Doctor said that this can be happen, that can be happen. Put God to work. When he stand up and confess, he literally put God to work because he's responsible to speak the word. And then the Bible said there's a no day before, no day after that that day God hear a man's voice. You're responsible is to believe, speak the word. And God is responsible to make everything happen. What signs behind that to let your children back? I don't know. They're in the bar. They're in a nightclub. They're getting worse and worse. But you speak the word. Then God become a busy. Why is that my son? Believe me. My son. Has to believe me and confess the word. Then God become a busy. God said, if a man on earth can in such a trust to me, though he doesn't understand one bit, never happened before, but he trusts me and just speak that word. And like a brother John has said, in that impulsive faith, 
But the impulsive phrase come from years of a build up. And we come to the last age. And we come to the last hour. And the word has to be fulfilled. And the urgency come. The eagerness to come. The burden come. My son must be saved. My daughter must be saved. The children, prodigals must have come home. And then you get up stressed. Lord, let my son back. Let my children back. Son, Satan, you stop right there. No further. The epilepsy case of Noah, you must stop right there. No further. Then you push God to work. Because they hear your voice. But that's not your voice. Oh, hallelujah. That's a God's voice. Because you said exactly what is the word of a God has said. And you literally prophesy. You under the spirit of your prophecy. Because of the spirit of, because the testimony of Jesus Christ is to the spirit of a prophecy. It's not just you thinking about over, but that's the word. You said, I believe it. I confess it. And that voice is not your voice. No, there's a voice of a Murphy or Brother Ken. That's a symbol, but there's no difference. Then the prophet was saying that now is I say this to you, but now is a God to say this to you. That voice will make God go to work. I don't care how it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how this this is filthy, this is sinful flesh, a stumble, a wobbling all the time. And I made a mistake all the time. And do the wrong thing. I don't know how. But Lord, your word has said so. And you said I'm an heir of it. It's not because I'm a worthy. But I'm an heir of it. Though there's a body, it's a weak. But I'm an heir of it. Think about it on that golden straight. This body cannot go there. The sinner cannot go there. Not one speck of sin can go there. But God said, you are heir of it. Then I say that the same thing. Because confession is to speak the same thing. Yes, Lord, you said so. I'm going to be there. How am I going to be there? I don't know. But I'm going to be there. God has to go to work. Because you confess his word. Then God become a busy. And the Bible says the sun stood still. And the moon stayed. It said there was no day like that before it or after it. That the Lord hearkened unto the voice of a man. For the Lord fought for Israel. You're on the path of a duty. Then that is not your voice anymore. But that's the voice of a God. Just like a Joshua. When God heard that voice. Lord is a human voice. But there's another voice behind that voice. That is his own word. Sometimes we people tend to think. We have to have a different size of faith. 
to dealing with a different type of situation. That's why I so appreciated the service of Brother Tim. God is the infinite God. He cared about the big things. He cared about the small thing. Because the infinite, as I said, no beginning, there's no end. No matter how small it is, it can still become smaller. No matter how micro, maybe the smaller, he can go micro, micro off it. And how big the universe it might be huge, but he can maybe huger, huger than the universe. He's still got it because of fill all in all. Because he said he's a possessor of all things. If he's a possessor of all things, then he possesses all in all. And Jesus has all in all. That means everything that's a covered of it. We might think in a vertical cancer, you might have to have a cancer face to deal with it. We might think in a vertical headache, which doesn't need a headache face uh, to deal with it. But the Bible said one face, one baptism, one Lord. There's no different size of face. The same face to do the toothache, that's the same face to kill the cancer ache. The same face to heal the headache of sister. I think the door said, that's your mom. Right? And so your mom came over for prayer. That she got a migraine headache. And the Lord healed her right there. That same face healed the headache. That's the same face will make you to look, to see your vision to come back. That's the same face. The same face for you to come into the church. The same faith that you're sitting there to drinking in, to believe, that's the same faith will lift you up into the rapture. There's a no different faith. It's the same faith. The same faith lets you become a believer in your initiated stage that you don't know anything. And even until today, we still don't know anything. But that same faith that let you become a weak believer to give your heart to the Lord. That's the same faith when he checks you out of the earth and puts your feet on the street of gold. One faith. My time is running out. Let me just, uh, what I can see, 10 minutes. I'm just trying to finish here. In possessing all things, then who come out to meet him? Talk about it. Abraham, who come out to meet him? Melchizedek. Melchizedek come out to meet him after he had as his word vindicated. He said, Melchizedek is the one giving him the word. His faith on the word got the victory and a return back. Then he had a fellowship. The fellowship is after the battle is over. What is it in a battle? The battle is to conquer yourself. To surrender your own will to God's will. You must have the will to do God's will. God's will so they have you. You are the heir of all things. You are the possessor of all things. I said, amen. Now, you will too. Oh, his word will become something new to you. Whenever you once get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe God will give us the young people a tremendous victory. They in the camp. I think our older people alike. It's the same. 
God has done a great thing to us. But we don't have to dwell on that out of camp experience. The battle, you win the battle, you win the victory. But now's the time to fellowship. Because on Melchizedek, meet Abraham after the battle. You have to kill the kings. You have to kill the anxiety. You have to kill the depression. You have to kill the lust. You have to kill all the things that Satan has been king over you. All this year, just that Abraham has slaughtered all those four kings or five kings. Or whoever they are, he slaughtered them. And you have done the same thing. You went to an altar, you prayed, and the Lord has met you there. The word has dealt with you. But now's the time to meet in the Melchizedek. I'll say now this is the time to meet the word. Now this is the time to have a fellowship with the word. Now this is the time to let loose the God continually to dealing with you. Those Pharisees who read the same Bible that an apostle read, Brother Abraham said, but they didn't have faith to put into practice what they read. Every denomination today reads the same Bible. But what I want to see is somebody has got enough faith that will step out and take the word of it. Amen. That's what we need. Somebody to practice what they have believed. That become a challenge. You have killed what you have a... What a Satan has been bothered you with. You haven't met to the Lord that during the camp. God has to speak to you. Has done a great thing that is in you. But now is the time to let loose. To practice of what you have heard. And to let the life start to manifest. To believe on him. To have faith on him. And to believe in what God's word has said. It's the truth. And continually in the word. So when Melchizedek. Met at Abraham. Abraham when it was a fight to the battle. When, he, uh, when the battle was over. Then Melchizedek came. But Abraham said. Who is this Melchizedek? So notice. After the battle was over. Melchizedek served his victorious child communion. Think of a part of himself. He served the bread and then the wine. But that's only the type for what God, the Melchizedek, in this hour of serving to us. He's not serving as the bride and wine, but he's serving part of himself. And he said after the battle, he gave off himself. Because the communion is a part of Christ. And after the struggle is over. After you've done, got yourself wiped out. Then is when you partake of Christ. Become part of his being. Jacob wrestled all night. And wouldn't turn him loose until he blessed him. Battled for life. And after the battle is over. Then God gives you of himself. That is his 
true communion. When you're into the battle, when you've been fight, when you're a struggle, when you're fighting for the right cause, it's not for the selfish motive, it's not for the money, it's not for all those, oh, I need this blessing, I need this, but you're fighting for yourself. I saw that at the people there was a struggling, that at an altar, when they coming there, and then they pray through. And I saw them win the victory. I saw them dancing around. I saw them jumping up. I'm happy with you. I'm jumping with you. I'm in and I'm in and rejoice with you. But there's a more thing to beyond that. After the battle, it is over. After you have made God, after you slaughtered those kings, those depression demons, those anxiety demons, all those demons you have killed in them. And when you're coming back, on the way back home, Abraham met Melchizedek. And Melchizedek, proud of Abraham, said to give it a communion, which is to give himself to him. And this is the time that after the battle, God wants to give himself to us. It's not just to give us experience. It's not to just give us a, uh, the battle or, the, or excitement. It's not just to give us even, not just a, just keep believing the word. It's not even only that. He gave himself to us. It's time to receive his life. It's time to receive all the quality that a Melchizedek had. Blessed be Abraham, and blessed be the God of Abraham, the possessor of heaven and earth. The believer's promise is eternal life. The believer's promise is a life, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, patience, fruits of the Spirit, a divine healing, a dozen things I got to roll down here nearly. That is your possession. It belongs to you. But you cannot have it until you fight for it. It's yours. Everything that sin, every temporal things that sin belongs to me. God gave it to me because through Christ He gave it to me. And things unseen belongs to me too. He said, what you can see, like divine healing, so forth, like that. That's good. We appreciate that. But the unseen. Now they could have probe around on that. He said, every, every, he said, and then I'm also heir to things that cannot be seen. You're not only the heir to the things that your visual can see. It's not only just the divine healing. It's not only just the health. It's not only just the things that we saw, but the things you cannot even see it. Unseen things. Amen. I'm heir to that. Yes, sir. The thing that can't be seen, I'm heir to that. This actual earth, I'm an heir. You're an heir. Every believer is an heir. He's an heir to it. All right. Then the unseen possessor of what? Heavens and earth. All things. So you believe that? You say, brother, brother, what about our, out there where you can't see? How do you know? It's still mine. No, you'll never see it, but it's still yours. Just as I said in the last time, though you haven't taken possession yet, but it's still yours. I gotta pass this. So Melchizedek, he's the king of Salem. That means he's the king of a peace. He 
these are the king of a Jerusalem. And these are the king of the new Jerusalem. And these are the king of a righteousness. He's the king of a... When, when he was a king, king can do whatever they want to do. I think Brother Wynn said that too. The big guys say whatever they want to see. And at one time, I got to close it here. Napoleon one time, and he went into a, a room and there was a meeting room. And he was just a choose a seat, uh, just a, a put a chair and a sitting down there. And when he said that, then the, the, the officer said, oh, oh sorry, uh, emperor, you cannot see that seat. You must sit in the chief seat. Because you're the emperor. That seat is just for a little soldier or a little officer. And then Napoleon looked at him and says, wherever I sit is the chief seat. <laughs> because he's the king. He chooses whatever he wants to sit. Whenever he's sitting in there, that becomes a chief seat. God is the king. He's a Melchizedek. He didn't choose a worthy one to sit on. He chose a sinner to sit on. But when he sit on, the sinner is alive. And that become a chief seat. Is that how worthy you are? You will never be worthy. But he chose you to dwell that in your life. Whenever he dwells in your life, that you become a chief place that he can sit on. He's the king. He do whatever that he wants to do. He's the king of a righteousness. That means that he can make the vilest sinner become a clean. And he's the king of a Salem. He's the king of a peace. He's also, that means he's the king of shalom. That means that no matter how dark it is, but he's the king of the darkness. Because he is the king of Shalom. That means that your light has to come. Rise up and shine. No matter what's happened. But he is the king. And when the king of Melchizedek come to meet at Abraham. That same king of Melchizedek come in this age. After the battle is over. When you wipe yourself out. When you surrender your will to God's will. Then it's the king Melchizedek trying to come to you. Said I'm not feeding you the bread. It's not the wine. But I'm giving myself to you. That means that all the quality of the Melchizedek. Is all belongs to you. He's the king of peace. And you are the king of peace too. He's the king of righteousness. That his righteousness become your righteousness. He's the high priest. As Brother Reed has to go there. You are the priest too. Everything that the king Melchizedek had. It all belongs to you. Because he's the possessor of heaven and earth. He doesn't left nothing. Without a given to you. Let a musician come. And everything that he possessed. He said everything is all belongs to you. You might be in the darkness. You might be in a dark, dark world. Maybe the camp hasn't pulled you out of the dark world yet. You might be on a struggle. But if you, you only have one thing need to struggle. You only have one thing need to battle. You give yourself to Him. 
Brother Bram, that's what Brother Bram said. When you wrap yourself out, when you get all your will, be stomping it down and receive the will of the Lord, Amen. then you become a victory. You give yourself to Him, and then God is obligated to meet you, no matter how dark world that you are right in there. He said, I'm the king of peace. When there's a confusion, but I'm the king. When there's a darkness, I'm the king. When you're in your situation, in your trials, but I'm the king. Wherever I choose to sit, that become a chief seat. Whatever I choose to dwell it in, that is not you living anymore, but I'm living there. And then you can speak. Because that's not your voice, but it's just the voice of a God. If I be bold enough to see, when Jesus, when the Spirit of the come, said, Hear ye Him. I think that I'll be safe to see, Hear ye her. Because the one that is living inside of you is greater than the one that is on the outside. When Brother Bram said, Overcome. What do you overcome? You overcome yourself. I thought I got a bigger amen than that. What you sitting here? Do you realize what's happening? You have already overcome. But you have overcome 20, 30 years ago. Gabe, you had already overcome. What a dark world that you were in. But you overcome that. Let me give you the final quote. Revelation 21, 7. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Overcome means to recognize that the devil in every one of his tricks. He tried to blind you. But you recognize him. And know he's a devil. Do you know he's a devil? Do you know there's billions of people don't realize the devil is a devil? The actual the worship of the devil they don't even know, but you are the one of the few that recognize the devil is the devil. It's not just a thought. You call that a demon of a blind is the devil. You call that a demon of a cancer is the devil. You have already overcome because you recognize him. To overcome, you must recognize that the God in you is greater and mightier than He is. That the one that is in you has already overcome Him. That's why that Melchizedek, the king, who's met you, and he said, I'm not just serving you as a service. I'm not just serving you with some camp meeting. I'm just serving, not just serving you, just give you some of the book. I'm serving you, giving myself to you. Do you realize what position that you are in? When you saw that Melchizedek in this hour coming in and revealed himself in front of you, that shows that that Melchizedek thousands of thousands of years ago, but now that Melchizedek was still alive today. But it's not just a preacher, it's a sermon, preacher and a message that 50 years ago, but that Melchizedek is right now in this room. He's making himself available to you. He said, I'm the king of peace. Let us stand. He said, I'm the king of the righteousness. Everything that you need is all lazy in me. When your battles is over, you recognize what devil it is. And you also recognize that who is inside of you 
that is speaking inside of you to you. That is the same Melchizedek. It tried to speak to you, said, withdraw everything, draw everything from me. I'm the healer of your diseases. I'm the king of peace. That when you're in the turmoil, and I can come as a prince of peace and to say, peace, be still. No matter what situation that you're in, that this Melchizedek is right now here and that you can draw from him. Let us sing a song. Listen, thou art worthy. been put under my feet by the grace of Jesus Christ and I'll say that every sin and wickedness is put under your feet too when we've entered that battleground between death and life you said I'm a sinner brother Branham you don't have to be you're a sinner because you desire to be 
You don't have to be. The debt is already paid. Well, you don't desire to sin. That shows that there is another life living inside of you. Because if you desire to sin, that shows that the devil's life is in there. But when you desire for the holiness, when you desire for God, that shows that there is another life living inside of you. You said, Brother Brandon, I wish I had a joy. You can have it. You are just letting Satan rob you from the privilege that Christ died for. I'm an heir to it. It's all mine. Everything he died for belongs to me. Belongs to you. We are his children. We are heirs of it. Everything that he died for. Take this quote into your heart. You are the heir of all things. You are the possessor of a heaven and the earth. Everything he died for, it all belongs to you. Let us just bow our head. If you have a situation that in your life, if you have anything that you cannot overcome, why don't you just by the lifting of your hand, say, Lord, I commit this into your hand. Lord, my hand that is weak, but Lord, I commit this into your hand. Because I know, Lord, you are the possessor of a heaven and an earth. And now I confess, I'm the possessor of all things. Everything, Lord, you have given to me. Health that you give it to me. Joy that you have given to me. Peace that you've given to me. Having a clear mind that you've given to me. To stop the devil's lie that, Lord, you have given to me. Everything that you can claim, God has given all letter to you. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, you saw every brother every sister. Lord, we are the possessor of a heaven and an earth. No matter how big it is, no matter how small it is, as our dear brother has a preacher, Lord, you are infinite of God. Oh, how we thank you for an infinite of God. But Lord, you also said, when all omnipotent Meet in another omnipotent. Miraculous has happened. Lord, we have an omnipotent faith toward an omnipotent God. Lord, that that faith is just one faith to believe your word to be the truth. So, Lord, we're not to look at ourselves. But, Lord, we look at what you have said, what you have promised. Lord, as my brothers and sisters that have lifted their hands and commit their situation... Lord, no matter is it a healing for the sickness, no matter is it a cancer, no matter, Lord, is uh, in there the mental realm and all their beloved ones, no matter what, even their marriage, whatever that is, Lord, open up their eyes and let them know they're the possessor of heaven and earth because of Melchizedek has a coming in this age, have a give himself to us. Father, we give you all the thanks. Lord, may we take that confession and a believing in our heart and a confession and in between our lips and to go home and to know that the Lord, you have met us. You have given us what we need. We don't have to be trampled down by Satan, but we can put Satan under our feet. We give you all the glory, Lord. Lord, we trust that your word has a meet to your children's need. I just pray you, as we carry this in the presence of going on each one's of the home. Lord, though we departed from each other, but we never departed from you. 
Lord, until we meet again, when we meet on another Sunday, Lord, and may you use our brother, whoever take to the service, Lord, and may your word that are going through, Lord, that hasn't been prepared, Lord, you speak it to it, our heart. We give you all the thanks and glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing a, a letter of worship prayer to rise just before we leave. bless every one of you just to stay in the presence and as long as you want and if you're going on a home take this presence of the with you and remember this this Melchizedek has met us and he given us everything think about everything that he owns he said I give it along to you all the quality that is inside of him you know he doesn't give you what he had he give you what he is and that means everything that inside of him is all belongs to the sense of God. 
the bride of Jesus Christ. To shake hands with each other. Say the best thing you can say it until we meet it again. God bless you all.